Hello, and welcome back to another installment of Forward Unto Quan, the podcast where we discuss the Paramount Plus streaming series Halo. I am joined, as always, by Megan Watt. Hi, Megan. Hi. And we are also joined by Cicero Holmes. Hey, Cicero. Hello. Uh, let's continue our tradition of reminiscing about uh, some Halo moments and experiences uh, that we've had outside of Halo the series uh, and kind of talk a little bit about why we why we love Halo. Um, Cicero, let's start yeah. with you. Um, well, I mean, the best is always uh, the first time. I guess for me, it was the first time I discovered Blood Gulch. Um, which, uh, I, I had a, a friend when I was living in Albany, New York. Um, actually I was, I was living in his, was renting his upstairs and he had a huge 65 inch four by three television. Uh, so we would do, and then like, we'd bring a TV down. Wow. That was huge. Yeah. It was huge back in the day. So you could like break up into like four four by three screens that were all like 19 inches wow or did, um, you, did you tape like a sheet across like no a we didn't we didn't <laughs> but what we but what we did though was we would bring down another like 25 inch television and put that in the basement also and then we'd have the land party of like one team on one on the small TV and then yeah. another team on the good TV. And we just, you know, we blood gulched it up. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. You know, eight dudes, uh, lots of, lots of cursing, lots of screaming, lots of soda, uh, lots of food. It was, it was a fun time. It's fun, amazing fun too. Time. Cause you go back and look at the actual gameplay and it was like, it's the map is so big. Yes. You, the movement is so slow. The vehicles unbalance everything so much, but it's, st- <laughs> it's still so good. You know, yes. like you yes. somehow it, it's well, still remember, the most just endlessly replayable thing yeah. ever. You wouldn't like be picked up on the radar if you were crouching Crouch. and like almost crawling. Yes. And there are those little routes. So you just like had the flag or something and just like <laughs> right. crawl your way. And it would take like a half hour. Why did we have that patience? I don't, right. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't I, have that anymore. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing. I th- well, I think there, there's, there is definitely something to be said about doing it all in the same room. Um, you know, I know that uh, the you know, multiplayer experiences online r- now are such that like it feels like we're in the same room but it doesn't it doesn't really replace being in the same room i feel like i'm i'm making an argument for uh people to work for, in offices yeah, which we're which we're yeah. very much not endorsing yeah, I mean, on yes, forward on right, Juan. Right. yes we yes. support flexibility <laughs> and empowerment yes. for workers 100%, 1000% but no you're totally right and i if i remember right i even think I, so halo the first halo there was no such thing as xbox live at that Correct. point when the first Correct. game came out and so land parties were uh, the only option for that game. And if I remember correctly, the when Xbox Live launched, they talked about a big motivation of the service, be, like a big goal for the service being to recreate that LAN party experience. Yes. Um, and especially when they introduced things like parties that, w- that ran through the Xbox independently of the game chat, stuff like that. They really talked a lot about, you know, like... It, 
they really understood that what you just described, and that's something that Megan and I shared countless hours together doing, like just like just like you said, right? One team on a huge TV, one team on a, a less a less large but possibly heavier TV. Um, Correct. <laughs> drinking tons of soda, uh, swearing loudly, and then like Megan's dad would like walk into the room while I was like a you know I don't know what freshman like. Just, just <laughs> hurling f bombs at the TV or something I like do, that. Do you remember the time like, oh, where sorry. we were like two <laughs> hours into? I, I, it, maybe it was Blood Gulch or a, what was that? The wind, the the snow one, the winder, something winder, uh, sidewinder, yeah, sidewinder, something like that. And my sister uh, is just like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And trips over the land cord and breaks everything. <laughs> 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 I don't think we were even that mad. We're like, yeah, that that match was getting out of hand. That we're was, like, yeah, that was that that had already gone for three hours, mate, yeah. and the score was zero zero. So, yeah. oh man. And I had I was only on my my like third trip into the other team's base because it took so long to get anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, Megan, go ahead and uh, if you have uh, you know a Halo top that Megan, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, on the other hand. Uh, not doing LAN, uh, I remember, I think with Halo 3 and ODST and Reach, uh, we would pick up the game at midnight, you know, physically pick up the game at a store um, and then play straight through the co-op campaigns without sleep um, until, you know, dawn. And then obviously we had class the next day. We just have to just crawl into class. And I remember one of those, I think you guys were working the launch, so we didn't even get started until way late, but it was just, it was tradition. We had to do it. Uh, and, and no skipping cutscenes, just six to eight hours straight through. And, and that was, that was a joy back when, you know, I could actually stay up past 2 a.m. without crashing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, the, uh, yeah, those are some pretty amazing experiences. And I'll use this opportunity to, uh, you know, shout out one of my favorite gifts that I ever received, uh, which was from you, Megan. I think it was, you probably gave it to me as a birthday gift when you pre-ordered it uh, or something like that. Um, But Megan, you got me the legendary edition of Halo 3 with the full plastic Master Chief helmet. Yes. um, And like some, I think it had like DVD extras and stuff like that. Um, And now in combination with my, uh, you know, VIP edition, John, 117 dog tags that I got from uh, my bachelor party at the Halo Outpost Discovery Convention uh, thing that I have this poster for. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty awesome set sitting on my little, uh, you know, TV stand. Uh, the Chief's helmet with the John 117 dog tags. What, what a bit of nerd cred them. for my bachelor party! I went to the Halo. <laughs> you know, I love, that. I, I love it. I couldn't let this whole podcast go by without throwing that in there at some yeah. point. Um, but, you know, I guess I, I've i kind of gotten three for one here. But the memory I want to talk about is actually so so just recently since we've been doing the podcast and watching the show, I've been getting more into Halo and uh, replayed Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved, even though no one, everyone acts like that's the name of the game. And it is, but no one called it that. No one has right. ever called it that. But everyone acts like suddenly that's what you call it. It's like um, Star Wars and New Hope. Nobody right. called it a New yeah, Hope exa- exactly. until, you know, there's way too many movies out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's, that's yeah. a perfect example. But playing through that again, I was just totally struck by the playful, um, very consensual, but uh, fun, um, sometimes flirty relationship between the master chief and Cortana in those games. Um, I think it might be the first line that the master chief 
ever says is no thanks to your driving to Cortana when she asks how he <laughs> slept in the first game. Um, it, it's the first thing he says to her, I'm sure. Um, and then throughout the first game, uh, you know, they have a lot of fun together. She she treats him like a loyal barbarian friend who is an idiot, but uh, a trustworthy and lovable idiot. She calls him a barbarian uh, when she insists that Halo is not a cudgel, which I don't know, guys, seems like it is. It's just a really big one. But anyway, um, and uh, she they have this great moment in the very last mission when you're flying this uh half blown up banshee back to the pillar of autumn and she's like we're not gonna make it she's like we'll make it she's like we're not gonna make it pull up pull up and they they have this great shot of the banshee just falling out of the frame and crashing uh like you know he didn't pull up and and you know his hand comes up and he climbs out of the wreckage and she goes you did that on purpose didn't you um (laughs) and we'll talk about this more later in the episode but wow what a contrast from the relationship we have seen in halo the series so um with that uh transition uh let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode of halo the series this episode was called emergence um so from this point forward plenty of spoilers about the show's uh, plot and character developments so if you have not yet watched the show um i will do you a favor and give you a trigger warning uh once they lay down on the beds you might want to just fast forward until you see cortana in the little preview because uh i can save you some some horrifying imagery by by letting you (laughs) fast forward through those couple of minutes um but yeah plenty of spoilers ahead uh so let's get into this episode on last week's forward unto kwan we predicted that we would see plenty more of both cortana and maki this episode and Boy, did this episode deliver. Let's actually start with Maquis. Um, we see some of Maquis' backstory, um, which is pretty much, I think, as we all guessed, uh, kind of seemed pretty much in line with what they had alluded to. Um, I personally was pretty horrified by the the bleakness of that trash planet where she's from, Oban. thought it was a little weird that all the kids... Uh, you know, didn't believe that there could be planets with grass and tall trees, even though they seemed to know what grass and tall trees were. Um, that was a little odd to me, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I thought the whole thing it was, was pretty well up, played. Yeah. I, I was like, I, they, they, they're like, here come the grunts. And then there were no grunts. So our prediction right. on, on forward on Quan did not come true about seeing the grunts. Um, but overall I liked this, you know, I, I thought it did a great job of setting the tone and, and kind of helping understand the character a little better. And I loved the touch that, the horrible scar we see on her back is actually uh, nothing to do with the covenant. That's actually a goodbye parting gift from the horrible humans who enslaved her and a bunch of other children to I mean, collect trash. That was so comically evil though. The yeah. dude just opting to scorch this little girl instead of running from like the well, like, clear covenant threat behind right, him. While like, the aliens are attacking. He, and I think he even says, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yes, he literally says it. He literally says it. it. It was what was hilarious to me was like how throughout the course of the series, the 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 difference between the kind of like confusion by the invasion of the covenant that we get to see in the in the beginning uh, of the series in Madrigal, and every other humans seeming like like full on knowledge of the covenant, who they are and that you should fear right, them. like the individual races that make up the covenant. The covenant. Yeah, right. That's like, a great point. Um, and, and on top of that, what's hilarious is like the covenant come 
to to this planet and everyone's scared and they start running but the cover they they don't the elites don't kill anybody yeah right they're just they're on their mission uh but everyone knows to fear them which was weird uh one thing i do want to point out is um that uh this the story that they that they told it we you know we start with uh who we learn is maquis and some some boy as the boy's telling her the story and and is explaining what different words mean um i also had my first kiss by reading a book where it said kiss with a girl dude are you oh. serious no 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> not at all like uh that was that was an awesome line like oh man that felt like a was, very aggressive move yeah from yeah i was like well he's like you know you when read you read this, a word like word this, this you so, and the funny it. thing is such a sibling move i mean like i i get that they're not siblings but you right. know we've all had like the older sibling or whatever being like no these are the words on the board game box like this is right. actually how you play i win <laughs> that little sniveling yeah yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, that, was a, a, that was a heck of a that was a heck of a move right there. Was like, yeah. um, you know, but, yeah. but you know, like they given a few minutes to establish this, right? Like who Maki right. is and where she she comes right. from. Right. Uh, you know, I thought they they did a pretty a pretty good job with it. They yeah. certainly got the point across. Um, it was it was over the top. But like one thing that's come across my mind a few times when watching this series, and I thought this way about Rubble, the set where Soren lives. Yes, um, is like. I kind of like would not like a sh- a sci-fi show to not have some stuff come off as really stupid because that means they're not like taking any risks and trying to mm-hmm. do anything that feels like unique and interesting. And like, sure. you know, like Cicero, you and I are both huge Star Trek fans and like, right. there's a lot of just like stupid stuff in Star Trek episodes because they're just going for it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And, and it's part of your, it's part of the sci-fi viewing experience to sort of be able to say, okay, like, yeah, this is a little silly, but I'm going to kind of, uh, I'm not saying you have like a responsibility to look past stuff. Like if people don't like it, they don't like it. Right. But right. Um, I think in a lot of ways, it's cool to see them sort of like going for it in some ways. Uh, yeah. And and like, just like taking, I don't know if you want to call it risks. That doesn't quite seem like the right word, well, but it's, it's, I mean, it's science fiction folks, right? Like, you know, that, that is the part that, that we, that we wind up losing sometimes is there, you know, there's a show like the expanse, which is science fiction, but it's, it's almost like science fact, right? Like the way that they build it's the hard the, science fiction. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Like the way that they built their world, uh, is is based in in actual science and kind of uh, projecting it forward. This is less so, right? And and uh, we get to like that's where your imagination lives, and that's what's great about that is because they can put some things that are kind of far fetched, and you have to make these like leaps of logic in order for for it to connect and for you to continue to follow the story and you have to like condition like the yourself transit system at, right 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 my, my imagination is... lives with energy sword little yeah. finger manicures yes. and uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a uh, just real quick that's a great segue megan but i did just want to say about that set rubble the set 
designer or whatever on uh, the declassified after show described uh, specifically Soren's kind of, you know, quarters as, as intentionally a little bit tongue in cheek bond villain esque. And I, I was sort sure. of relieved to hear them say right. that, right. And right. give themselves. Uh, so they knowingly nod. dressed his wife up as a 1920s flapper. As well. yes. well, and, and I think even that <laughs> moment where Quan says, I can't just sit here with you and eat and drink and smoke. Like, yes, you have shown them all doing those three things, but also, right. Like, do, were you not thinking of the great Gatsby? Like, right, when right, she's right. saying that to this woman <laughs> yes. in this elegant point, gown, yeah. and the, yes. right, like, so, yes. so, yeah, I do think they were totally going, like, they were leaning into this. An, um, an interesting point before we before we get into McKee uh, even further. An in interesting point day, about yeah. uh, about Quan is that we hear her talking about drugs and doing illicit things a lot. And encouraging other people to do them or being very passe about uh, them happening. But we have not seen her partake. Did she uh, not? I know she, she gives out the little drug pods to the. Right. She, she never, took, before, she never yeah. took one. She, never. she went off. She went off to the. She cave. let her friends get high for the right. Covenant massacre. But right. she stayed. She, she stayed sober. sober. Yeah. yeah. She was sober for that. Well, and then when we. And then don't when do we drugs, meet, kid. Your head's going right. to get blown up by a plasma bolt. <laughs> when we meet Soren and, and his wife. They're also taking, you know, space weed, asteroid weed, and uh, and she doesn't partake then either. Um, so she yeah, alludes that's a, that's to it. That's a good point. Contextually, they both make sense, and neither of them are really uh, suggest anything on their own. But yeah, together, right. that's a right. I well, I I think I you know I think there's a, this argument about like the heroes not doing drugs, right? Heroes don't do drugs. Right. If we've oh if God, we've put pumped a, so many yeah. well, as we'll get to into later, <laughs> the, the only drugs that heroes need are their yes, own, yes, their own endorphins. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, let's let's talk about Maquis' plan in the present day. Uh, oh man! Wow, this is it's a plan. This isn't what I thought the plan was. Uh, so basically, uh, Maquis uh, uses her, you know, victimized uh, human. Uh, persona to gain the trust of a UNSC, a small UNSC vessel. By the way, I love that we're seeing these like smaller UNSC ships, like kind of yes. the mid-sized ships, like the frigates yes. and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, boy, I thought she was going to use this uh, trust that she gained a little while longer, but she, she uses it for about as long as it takes to, to get a drop pod from one ship to the other and then yeah. instantly unleashes the, uh, the let golo worms, which are the the worms that make up uh, the gestalt that are the beings we, we know and fight as hunters. Um, what did I you guys like, think about this? Yeah, I mean, she was like, I'm going to move among the humans. And then that lasted for 15 <laughs> right. seconds. Um, and I feel like I'm going to lose some nerd cred here by saying I had no idea that hunters were made of worms. Yeah. I mean, I know that you shoot them in the back where the orange spot is. Uh, but Yeah, you got to shoot them in the worms. Like, I Yeah, I had... <laughs> I, I had to look that up afterward, and and that was that was fun. Uh, yeah, but you, then you actually you, can see. I mean, within their leg, you can see their like open spot in the armor where you can actually see the worm. So I just oh, thought those were weird muscles. I don't know. And they do when they show Maquis first calling the ship on the radio. You see in the foreground like what's clearly a hunter, and you hear like kind of a hunterish sound, and you see the the worms slithering out of there to strongly suggest to you what's about to happen. But like, yeah, it's uh, it's totally different than the way we've ever seen them act in in the games or any other part of Halo lore. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, Megan, uh, your yours and my never credit scores are the same because I felt I felt the exact same as you. Um, I had no idea, right? Like I was like, oh, they've got these snake worms, right? They're right there. They just keep coming. They're coming from everywhere. I like how many are there? Um, and uh, it was it was creepy to see. Um, the other thing that was is creepy to learn is apparently in this uh, in this universe, uh, eye wounds are fatal. Um, two people were were murdered uh, ostensibly in this episode. In this episode, by stabbing them directly in the eye. Uh, I hope that's the last we see of that. I hope. Th- uh, yes, like, eye, eye stuff awesome is eye. is. You know, I that's, oh, amen. that's almost where I draw the line. I just amen. I could almost get any other kind of violence. Yeah, it was it <laughs> was trouble. Thank you. But yeah. uh, Maki's little, you know, like you mentioned, she has a plasma blade built into her fingernail. That's yes. that's amazing. Yes. Um, and it was like, you know, it's it's kind of like, why aren't they shooting Maki? Don't they realize like something's up with her? But like at the same time, it was a fun like, you know, they got like kind of a fun horror ish scene of like monsters yes. bursting out of the ceiling. Right. Um, strangling I wouldn't have if like a glancing shot hit her and we saw a shield or something just so we know why she's just strutting. So yeah, yeah, dramatically. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought the nail was kind of I, I giggled. I don't know. I'm. I'm, I'm not sure I'm into it, but yeah. I, 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 yeah, I thought it was amazing. Like, I guess it's kind of silly, but like, I just, to me, conceptually, it's so cool. I want a fingernail plasma blade just for my everyday, like to open, open packages and stuff like that. That's uh, it's yeah. awesome. I, I, I'm, I'd be so worried about accidentally setting it off. But, and, but like, yeah, people were upset. Amputating myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You gotta know. Yeah. You gotta have, gotta have control. Um, yeah. There were definitely some people online who were like, how come she can control worms? And and I think it is, you have to understand that they're working together. She's not, like a lot yeah, of people thought she was controlling them, them with the radio or something like right. that. Um, right. Which if if you do think that, then yeah, it is kind of a, a silly scene. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about uh, on this in this vein, talking about Maquis, is they haven't strongly said this in the show, but the computer voice says initiating coal protocol as she, as Maki is making her way onto the bridge when the captain is, is still alive. Um, and she gets to the computer and she seems totally clueless that the humans are scrubbing data from their navigation systems. Uh, e- either that or she doesn't care, but in the books in the halo lore, there's this long standing thing that the covenant can basically beat humans wherever we fight them. And so a really important part of human strategy is to never let the covenant figure out where reach is or where earth is. Um, And you saw that in the show, but I don't, I can't tell how big of a deal they want to make about that. Cause I don't think Maquis or the prophets or any of the covenant know where reach even is at this point. And so in the, in the course of following the artifact, if they discover where reach is, that is a huge deal, right? Like that's a deal that they've written books and made entire triple <laughs> games, games about. Right, so right. It, it's just interesting to me to see it kind of slipped in there. And I'm not sure how big of a deal they're going to want to make about that um, going forward. But uh, I have enjoyed, like I said, seeing some of these like smaller UNSC ships and um, seeing like, you know, just how the bridge of another ship looks, uh, Spoiler alert, it looks exactly like an Empire ship from right. Star Wars, like complete with the logo and everything. That was a little weird. Um, but yeah, I am definitely getting more into Maki's character. I, you know, I'm not 
quite sure. I feel like she has a good plan at this point, um, but she's really charming when they interviewed her on Declassified, and uh, she really did learn to speak uh, Sang Healy. Oh, um, she sounds so cool. At yeah. the uh, apparent direction of like a guy who worked with like Dothraki on Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So somebody okay. who, who does this stuff, you know, that's you can't get you talk about nerd cred, boy. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's move on to for me, uh, what's the big deal of this episode? Um, Cortana is here. Cortana has arrived. Uh, Megan, I think you've mentioned before kind of feeling unexpectedly, maybe emotional or nostalgic at parts watching this show. And oh my gosh, did I feel that during this episode? There were just so many points of the episode where I found myself just like sitting up and having this big grin on my <laughs> face. Um, even though, gosh, this is such a different Cortana. This is such a different relationship with the chief than the one we know from the games. Um, like I like I mentioned at the top, that's that's a very playful, almost flirty relationship. Uh, this ain't that. Um, so let's start with Cortana's uh, ethically horrifying creation. So Dr. Halsey flash cloned herself, uh, sucked her clone's brain out of her eyeball with a needle after having a, a nice sit down conversation with her. Uh, yeah, it was just it was all pretty horrifying and then transferred her consciousness into the back of John's skull. Uh, were you guys as uh triggered and horrified as i was by this entire sequence i mean there is still a bit of like comical evil there they're like you're going to feel pain and then they dip her into acid i mean that that doesn't you know that just seemed a little comically evil she was but... dead by the time they dipped her in the acid yeah, yeah, what's true, up with, true, what's but... up with this assistant guy who's like yeah. oh yeah you're gonna feel pain like how did you pass the screenings <laughs> yeah uh halsey just like tried to find the most ethically yes. <laughs> bizarre person she could find for they this could job. be like that's her other kid by some other guy and and i would believe it like yeah, yeah. but yeah i i mean it was it was properly horrifying like i said i i don't like eyes i don't like needles you put those two together and it's just kind of the the, the worst time you're gonna have Yo, dog. um but i did want to mention um when you said you're so excited for cortana oh my gosh that you know like that feeling when you know you're going to be fan service like i got that feeling when you know that, that the ship comes in at the at the very beginning in the first episode and i know master chief is going to drop down and i just get excited and they drops down yes yeah. you know it, it didn't do anything i didn't expect it was still awesome when the and, hologram starts to form it starts on yes. her back and there's the the very telltale yeah. like lines on her back and i was like oh my gosh she's here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then she spoke and it's like oh Ted yeah. taylor oh my gosh oh my gosh i just i i'm so excited that it's i mean they I'm can they so give Emmy they... like these shows like this can get Emmys, right? I mean, her yes. voice work, holy crap. She's incredible. I, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And just her introducing herself to the silver team, I just AI off. Like how uncomfortable <laughs> was he? That was amazing. <laughs> I I loved that scene. I loved it. Yeah. Same. I same. mean, pretty much like I, I love Cortana. And if she was in every scene going forward, I would be happy. If this was just the Cortana show, I would be happy. So I really <laughs> hope that we um, we get to see more of her, especially since, like you said, her relationship is a bit odd right now. It's not the relationship we know and love, but obviously that makes sense. You want some contention in TV before things evolve into the direction you want them to. It's just I I wouldn't mind it just being Cortana and, 
in Master Chief, just me, which I assume is like what uh, most of the people on the internet are angry about that it's not just them like running amok being silly and like, i don't even awesome want them combat. running amok I, um, doing awesome combat i i want like master chief is aided by cortana in navigating the public transit system like here, <laughs> here's two hours like yeah, just there fun. with the search function and she's just making fun <laughs> right. of him like, master chief tries to google right. some stuff <laughs> yeah, right. yeah 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 I'd, I'd watch it like some shorts or something or, or cartoons or whatever yeah. you know animated I'm, honestly, I'm all for that i mean i there hasn't been all that much fan service in the show, and um, and every time there is, I no. I get so excited. And in fact, we'll get to that in in just a second. But Cicero, uh, your thoughts on Cortana? She's here. Well, well, uh, seeing Cortana was like, oh man, the band's back together, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, here, here we go. Uh, you know, now, now we're now we're ready to 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 jam, but the creation of it so i watched i watched the episode a second time and the second time watching halsey's flash clone um was more horrifying than the first i had this exact same experience yeah. um and it, and it had nothing to do with like i didn't even watch the the actual moment really right like i just kind of like i knew it was coming and and i didn't need to see that again but the connection, like once I already knew what was going to happen, listening right. to that conversation again, where uh, the clone Halsey immediately wakes up, realizes who she is and what her purpose is, and is having this conversation. It's not even trying to plead with her older version of herself. And it's just kind of resigned to the fact yeah. that this decision has already been made. She and knows I know herself. Me, yeah. Right, I know myself well enough to know yeah. that there's nothing that I can say to save my life except to say it feels a lot different when you're on this side of it and yes. you know what's going to happen and as opposed to being you. I didn't really, I didn't really think about this before, but how much does that mirror the conversation that Halsey has with John? I think it's toward the end of episode two, where she says, how is the situation with Quan different than other situations that you've been in where people have been killed? And he has, uh, there's a lot of actually lines that are going to stick with me in this series that I thought they've just done an incredibly good job with. And he goes, you know, I don't think the situation was different. I think I was different. And it was like, wow, you know, and, and that's, you know, you have these like parallel kind of themes of like mm-hmm. perspective really matters. Right. And and you need to be able to empathize with the perspective of others or else uh, it, it can sort of make you a monster. Right. You can, you can, you can turn into Dr. Halsey. Right. Um, right. So uh, yeah. So like that conversation and just a, a full on understanding and a realization that you are a, you're simultaneously a human but you're just meat, right? You're, you're sentient meat um, that can converse, like that is, is about to be murdered by yourself, by an older version of yourself. And you're sitting there and having like, all right, well, fine. If, if I'm about to die, let me find out a little bit of, about what's going to happen, like what my purpose is here and having the conversation and realizing that, um, her sacrifice is going to be to aid John gave her a little bit of solace because you can see in this kind of unfiltered version of, of Halsey 
that there is a lot of affection for for the master chief right um because he is he is more exceptional he is more special he is the one amongst the 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 many great ones right like there there there's always even if there is a hall of fame there is the the person in that secret VIP Hall of Fame, right? And and uh, John one one seven is that guy. Well, and I find um, that that's a really interesting point that she is literally willing to. Well, I mean, maybe maybe this version of Halsey isn't, but Halsey, as we know, is willing to die for progress. She's willing right. to breach a lot of ethical lines, but she's also willing to put herself on the line. What's interesting is that so far she still isn't willing to put John on the line. And she keeps making the excuse that it's because John can't activate the artifact, like needs to art- activate the artifact without Cortana. But I assume she's kind of lying to herself a little bit and <laughs> that she might not want to put John fully yeah, fully see, erase him. I love I, this. I, yeah, yeah, I love this discussion because Megan, you said when we recorded maybe a week or two ago, you're like Halsey cares about John, and right. when you said that, I was like, I don't, you know, I think that statement needs some unpacking. Um, and to me, Halsey's line when basically the clone of herself asks the the I guess or the real the original the OG Halsey, right. um, hey, like you used to agonize about this decision and now you don't um what's what's changed and she very confidently and kind of proudly says progress is her answer um and i for me the reason that halsey cares about john is because he is the the culmination of the progress that she has made in her career so far when Mm -hmm. we first met jacob keys who is they don't seem to currently be married right halsey and keys if they are it's a weird relationship right right exactly but the first thing he says to his daughter miranda is like she is single-minded about her work that's all she cares about once you understand that you'll have a a better time dealing with her i think that was a note to us as as a viewer in some ways um and, and to me i do read halsey's reluctance to erase john's personality as a pure function of i mean we already saw it like the artifact doesn't work when he's not in control um so i'm really like but but like you know you're a lot more just like perceptive about stuff like this than i am megan uh and you also like you know are a writer who thinks about these things differently so i'm like really interested to sort of see where they go with it and i also but i don't know what's going to happen next right like it doesn't is halsey gonna we have this lingering thing that the cortana in the show has very different capabilities than the Cortana in the game. The Cortana in the show expects to become us, the player, inhabiting right. John's mind and body and and telling him exactly what to do, right? Like right. Cortana is expecting to hold that Xbox controller and make those decisions. And that's not the Cortana we know. We know Cortana as exactly what she chafes at being called in this episode, an assistant, right? Like a right. support operative, um, the the what is it? The, guy, the, the guy in the chair. Exactly. She's <laughs> she's the guy in the chair. Um, right. But in the show, she is she is very upset to be relegated to guy in the chair show, and she would really like to erase John's entire consciousness and replace it with her own. Yeah. Um, and and that I do think is crossing a lot. It's definitely crossing a line for Halsey that she doesn't want to cross right now. But why doesn't she want to cross it? At what point will she be willing to cross it? The end of the episode the creepy Scottish assistant guy says, right. if John keeps remembering stuff, he's going to bring us all down. 
And Halsey says, that's what Cortana is for. So it doesn't seem to me like Halsey has any reservations about flipping that switch when she needs to. But I don't get why she's riding along on this mission instead of like she doesn't know she has reservations. I mean, that's ah, okay. generally, that's so generally she, the yeah. case when it comes to people's emotions, like right. especially when there's somebody like Dr. Halsey, is that she she doesn't real she is going to have to come to the realization that she cares about John um, right. and then make a decision whether she's going to let that uh, uh, be a um, inhibit her work. Uh, so right. I. I or at least that's what I'm predicting is that she's going to at least have to make that decision. I'm not saying she's going to side with John, but I'm saying that I think it's going to be a little bit of a hiccup in her plan uh, that she actually cares about him. And I I don't think she cares about him because she cares about John himself. I think it's the same thing that you were saying is that it is her creation, um, but it's her baby. And she, I mean, erasing that would still be kind of overriding a lot of the work that she's done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, that's at least my well you know what's what's funny is uh megan last in our last episode you talked about when when halsey they're all they're all in that big meeting and halsey comes out and says oh the cortana project and she you know she kind of talks about what the cortana project is um your question then was is she lying about the Cortana project being able to take control of, you know, basically inhabiting the, 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 the Spartan or is it like, is she telling the truth? And like, is that what Cortana is going to be? And the answer to that question is yes. Right. Like she, she was, she wasn't lying about it. Um, but also it can take, you know, it can take control, but she's not allowing it to. Right. Like they're working in consequence. Like my my confusion right now is about like trying to reconcile my understanding of what I know Cortana to be from the games and what I'm seeing Cortana to be in this show so far, which is um, is. Like, is she like a digital representation of Halsey? Does she have programming of her own? Does she have her own free will? And it's just kind of acting on her programming and believes like her programming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her personality is vastly different than Halsey, mm, given mm, that mm, she is a copy of Halsey's brain. Right. Right. It is. Yes. It's it's a lot more expressive. Not sure if that's a disconnect that they're going to address or just one that is is her like is her moral breakdown based on based on the 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 concept that she was built specifically to inhabit this you know inhabit fully the master chief and that's what she believes to be right and is you know is she always going to act on that does she have the ability to say yes or no to any commands that Halsey gives her i'm foreseeing that right now her her programming is obviously follow Halsey, and then there's going to be some level of break in that. I assume because it, it's going to turn out that Halsey or something like killed John's parents or something, and she's not going to be cool with that, and she's going to end up signing with John. Like she'll develop a moral compass because she, right. I mean, the Cortana we know has a moral compass. She can't obviously just like continue not having one. That would be too many people without a moral compass. Right, <laughs> and and I guess the I, I guess an addendum to that question is is Cortana's personality somewhat made up of 
Flash clone Halsey, who has some. I think it's completely made up of Flash clone Halsey. It's made up of young Halsey. Right. Like, but that has some recollection of exactly what transpired in order for this creation to to occur. And And John specifically asks her, he's like, why are you relying on my own memories that I'm telling you about? Can't you just access my records or whatever? And she she kind of is like, no, like I only kind of have what you give me in this particular search. Mm -hmm. Is that fully true or is that just what she believes to be true right right now if nothing else the cortana i know would certainly be able to access records that she does not have permission to access if she feels that that is what what needs to be done right Mm -hmm. um so you know i just want to introduce a quick new segment to our podcast uh and that is called uh stupid episode reviews and so uh, i found a really stupid episode review for this episode uh on imdb uh it goes like this uh it's by uh, never mind i can't read the guy's name but it's uh, seven out of ten <laughs> stars the title of the review is put on your helmet the review says very good episode but i won't rate 10 stars until he finally has his helmet on Otherwise, the episode was very good. I like the direction the script is going. The story keeps getting more interesting and mysterious. That's the end of the review. I don't really even think there's anything necessary to say about that review. I just I just <laughs> thought it was so, so dumb. I do find it's funny. Um, there is a disconnect between the three of us uh, yes. and <laughs> others. I like because I, I was watching. Have you do you guys watch Angry Joe? Um, uh, not, 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 show. Not, yeah, he, not he, episode two, he, oh my God, he was so livid that yeah. CBS and Paramount actually removed his, their review, took down the review and then put it back up. Um, but they were that mad about how mad angry Joe was. Um, and, and I find his, I don't know who this guy be, is, but it sounds like what you would expect from angry Joe, but yeah, well, <laughs> he ahead. is always quite angry. Um, he his beef was that there's just not enough of Halo in this TV show. So like obviously episode two really um got to him because it was all about Rubble and it was about Quan, it was about Soren, and those are all not right. really Halo features. And I'm like, when it comes down to it, I think he just wanted to see live action battles. Right, right. And right. I, mm-hmm. that's exactly where this IMDb thing is coming from. Is like, but I just want to see him with his helmet on being right. Master Chief. And, and that can, doesn't make a TV show. As somebody you know, who just <laughs> yeah finished playing Halo 1 on Legendary, I can tell you, you do not want to watch that as as like a non-interactive medium. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, we checkpointed. Let's respawn, <laughs> run out onto this bridge, get killed by these yeah. elites for the 75th time. And then maybe on time number 76, we'll, we'll correctly kill yeah. them and steal I mean, their banshee and that, skip half I the level. I do want to see uh, more next- Come on. Right, like next I want to see more battles. I want to see the grunts. I want to see right. that kind of stuff. Um, I'm it going would be to weird get if we never quite, got there. Yeah, I'm going to be quite antsy if we don't get those first ten minutes from the first episode again. Um, I I'm waiting for that, and, and I do I, get excited every time they fan service, as we have been saying, every time they show right. the profits, every time there's something Halo-y. But that doesn't mean that I think the exposition with the ONC or the stuff with you know is is irrelevant although i i do think kwan's getting a little bit tired but that's a whole that's a- <laughs> I, I i fully expect that we'll we will get those big battles and and you know i think that the the game of thrones model is the model to follow right because these those yeah, big moments, battle in the right? penultimate episode yeah, yeah. those moments 
are wonderful to watch, but they're expensive, right? And they they're labor intensive. Um, so you can't money you can't is have... clearly no object for this show. Holy <laughs> cow! Well, that right. was another beef of theirs. They're like, are you just wasting budget on this stupid uh, tram car <laughs> when you could be using it on, you know? Right. Um, well, well, I mean, so a lot of that stuff is C- like CG stuff, but a lot of it isn't. It's well, a yeah, lot so of rubble is practical. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is practical effects, but those are like those, you know, you paint the sets, you make those sets, you use those sets, right? And yeah, it might be expensive to use those sets, right, to create those sets, but if you get enough use out of them, then it makes it worth it and you continue to to like try and reuse those sets um i feel pretty i feel pretty sure some executive producer somewhere is is millions of dollars in the hole on the show producing through covid (laughs) and stuff like that (laughs) yeah um but but i yeah but i think that the you know those big battles are 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 things that we're gonna see few and far between but one thing that i will talk about with with respect to the show is that um while we haven't seen those big battles um the, yeah, the big team battles, right? Like, well, while we haven't seen those, what I what I have really appreciated is just how dense this show is. Like, we just finished the third episode, and I feel like there's so much going on. Like, there's like there's been so much information kind of crammed into what's happening that it feels like it's like the fourth or the fifth episode with respect to like, you know, whoa, right? Um, but but like we've got a lot of time and I think what they're doing is they're spending a lot of time doing the exposition, building those relationships, getting you to care about um, Halsey and who she is and, and Miranda keys and uh, Maki. And then, but, but also, you know, Cortana and chief and Quan and Saren and all those, but also more importantly, the relationship between chief and the rest of the Spartans. Right. Um, and, you know, I know we'll probably get to how that relationship is, is both coalescing and falling apart. Um, I'm very excited in, to in see the future, what happens with Right. It. But like, yeah, like what's going to happen with that group? I think we're, you know, we're going to really start seeing that. I mean, I fell in love with in them the next the moment episode. that they were going to protect chief in the first episode. Yeah, so I, yeah. I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm just and uh, you know, excited. and every episode, every episode since then, we get these small glimpses of what that squad, what Silver Team is, and you know, like you know that they're about business, but that they they care about each other in in very intimate ways that in the ways that they have the capability of caring about. Other, yeah, they're also other the people. least emotive humans. Right. Yeah. Right. That you exactly. could They're essentially babies when it comes to their level of emotional intelligence. Uh yeah. yeah, but but they're almost, you know, it's almost foreign, right? Like it is it's very binary, I think. Like they you we care about a person or we don't. And Chief is you know, he's in that box, right? He's in the care box. And yeah, I mean, you're a friendly or you're not. I, right. You right. know, I mean, these aren't, you know, like watching with Julia, it was interesting. She could, she would ask me questions like, oh, well, could the Spartans choose not to obey an order? Like, could they choose to leave the military? And I was just thinking, of, I was like, I don't really think that's within their realm of understanding that they right. would have such a choice, right? Like, you really right. have to understand these 
people as programmed. Um, and, and like Soren says, when he's escaping from Spartan Academy, uh, that's not training, that's brainwashing, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about with Silver Team coming up soon, I'm sure, especially based on the preview of episode four that we saw on uh, Declassified. We know that Silver Team is going to be uh, taking their uh, turn, putting their hands on the artifact and seeing what happens there. So we'll look for that in the next right. episode of Halo. Um, the very last thing I want to wrap up on is, uh, I don't want to spend too much time here, but just as kind of a quick lightning round, uh, we do touch base with Quan and Soren, like you alluded to, uh, both of you guys, uh, in this episode. And I think, uh, it ended up falling into a pattern that all of us sort of, uh, kind of saw coming, but maybe hoped would be a little more nuanced than maybe it still will be, uh, remains to be seen, but that is, um, Soren seeming to sell John out or at least be willing to sell John out and break his promise to protect Quan mm. um, in exchange for a payday. Um, it seems to me like it's not going to be quite this straightforward here. And I personally, if I were going to risk my life giving someone a ride back to a war ravaged planet, I would probably ask for a more specific sum of money than uh, those <laughs> deuterium bucks. Um, but uh, you know, he's the one with a thriving uh, churro production, producing colony, uh, and I'm not. So uh, I'll, I'll leave him to make those deals. But do you think, uh, you know, starting with you, Megan, what do you think is going on here? Is Soren really just going to drop Quan off and take the money and run? Or is, is Bokeem Woodbine too highly paid of an actor for that? You know, it's funny when you say that, uh, w when you see an actor that you know, it, that often gives things away, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, you know, it's like, it, Bean? <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, Sean Bean is just a spoiler See him in and for of one itself. episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if there's anything I've learned from TV, um, and I hope this doesn't like pull back the curtain too much, it's that when a character announces their plan, they essentially curse it. It'll either go wrong or they change their mind. If a character doesn't announce their plan, if he says something like, uh, let me tell you what I, what I think, and then it, you know, cuts to another scene, then it's probably gonna work out. So um with that in mind, I was convinced that Soren... You've ruined would... television forever for me. Yes, right. yeah. So I was convinced that Soren would turn on Quan mm -hmm. up until he said he would. Mm -hmm. So that, as soon as he was like, I, I, I could turn on you and go, ah, well, that's it. Um, he's not going to because he just, he just said that he could, which axes that part of the plan out. So um, I'd be surprised if that's how it went down now. Um, my prediction is he's going to Han Solo it and join the resistance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cicero? Uh, yeah, I, I wonder if they will zag when you thought they were going to zig, though, Megan, right? Like, the fact that they know that you know this means that they're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Certain TV I, rules you don't break. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think all, you know all signs point to Madrig Madrigal, and uh, you know, obviously we're we're going back there uh, in some capacity um, to see everyone kind of reunite. Uh, I I don't know if there is a well, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe maybe we wind up seeing Soren become part of like. Yeah, the resistance supplier, like there, he's he's their asteroid guy, right? He's their churro guy, and uh, you know the resistance is powered by churros um, to victory. I mean, that's their Han, over, their Han Solo, right? A smuggler, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Over over a mean German guy who maybe more of it, like a Lando. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I like. I, I like the fact. I want there to be a reason for all of them to get back together. Um, you know, I think that um, Quan's, like you said, Megan, Quan's, the the way that they have characterized this that character has has become more and more like she, it's almost like she has become less mature every episode that we've seen yeah. her, right um and and like she went from understanding like uh there was genocide and there's terrible things that are now happening in the vacuum of that genocide that happened on my you know on my planet to my family to becoming more and more like a teen, like a spoiled teenager. I think uh, she was always the, the unruly teenager. They just wanted her to seem a little badass. And it, it's just, I think she it's rose to the occasion the of the show anymore. Uh, she rose to yeah, the occasion that she was but, thrust but, into. Right. But then why stop rising to that occasion? Like, why not realize because, like, I mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's like know? the super strength, right? Like when your kid is in trouble and you can lift up the car, like that doesn't <laughs> right. mean you can just hold the car for the next five hours right like sure, you, you can I only guess. hold it together for for so long um okay it's sort of the read i've i've uh, had on her I just but, thought they wanted to make a good impression of her and then they just stopped writing her well but yeah that's <laughs> yeah that yeah. that could all be i mean for me i hope they have a plan you know yeah yeah I would for like me, to, because yeah it's so she she's not part of the show really anymore so i i do there needs to be a reason why she's still there yeah exactly and so right now she's headed uh kwan and soren are headed to madrigal um maki and whatever assorted covenant uh maybe just some worms uh that she has with her are also <laughs> headed to madrigal and maki has promised uh the prophet mercy that she will bring him not only the artifact which is in reach uh but yeah. also the demon aka john's head on a on a plate uh, and and he's off to some other totally separate area of the galaxy, Aridnus. Um, so I definitely like. I don't think we can get some Covenant and Soren together in the same. Like I want to see Soren fight. Like I'm not in this show for watching Spartan battles necessarily. Like I said, I think they need to eventually get there. But I want to see this guy who started to be trained as a Spartan still has the Spartan armor and gear, but is going to fight much more like a like an insurgent, right? Like a scrappy. Right. Like you can you right. can picture his choice of kind of tactics and weaponry being very different than what a, tr a traditional Spartan would would choose. Um, and that seems like something that would be really really cool to see so i'm i'm hoping that we get a little scrap with soren uh and and somebody or other um probably one that ends in like a you know inconclusive dragon ball-esque fashion um where <laughs> both think, parties uh, just kind of depart uh, but what that's do you what predict I'm for. for the guy who's like the unsc pawn um which i just got his name uh the actor's name burn gorman um the oh yeah, the yeah evil looking yeah. dude yeah, uh, yeah. who plays evil looking dudes and all and right. all things right um, oh venture the yeah, guy who's now in charge of madrigal because yeah, either yeah. i think soren will get to punch him in the face kwan will get to punch him in the face or it's going to be some big dramatic thing where you think that the uns or that, that his entire team is going to uh totally uh ruin kwan and soren and everything and then elite's just going to stab him in the back with a set uh with a sword Oh, and it'll just be one of those dramatic buildups that just ends like that. Hmm. That's those are my three 
something's got to happen with him because well, I mean, he's, cl- they're, he's coming, they're all magical. He's clearly, so. he clearly has to die. Right, like he clearly yeah. has to die. So well, uh, I yeah, think what, in what dramatic, horrifying fashion, fashion oh, yeah. likely yeah. because I mean, his face. Right. That's I mean, it's it's part of his contract. Yeah, he has yeah. to die like somebody uh, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood dies at the end of that movie. Yeah, he right. has to die in a Tarantino esque. Uh, I was thinking Jurassic Park. And satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So if if Venture is sitting on his space porta potty and he gets eaten by a <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex, that would be ideal. That's exactly um, what I was envisioning. Yes. yes yeah. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly the kind of iconic uh, image we we always picture from Halo. Right. Part of why we all love this series um awesome well uh thank you uh all of our listeners for joining us for some halo talk here on forward under quan uh and thank you always to megan and cicero as soren's space wife whose name i don't remember says to quan the universe would be diminished without you in it uh, this episode was Aww. produced by Cicero. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share Forward Under Quan with everybody you know, whether they are human, covenant, or otherwise. A new episode of Halo the Series is coming next week, and that means we'll be here. So join us for more Halo talk. And until then, uh, stow the belly aching. And remember, you're a leatherneck. <laughs> <laughs>